0: Welcome to episode eighty-six of the Adelan Rising podcast, where your hosts Saren Lynn and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss Captain Marvel, twenty Empire X-Men number four, and Empire Swordsman. Not as big a haul this week.
1: Yeah, I, I think the uh, I think they're giving the printers a week off or something. <laughs> so because they've no. been they've been printing stuff off incredibly over the last few weeks.
0: And I have to say, comics are expensive.
1: <laughs> as i've just discovered apparently <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the the only reason i made this comment before we started recording was um so the reason i made this comment was because uh the cover price for a comic book or an issue 1 particularly is $4.99 and um in the uk the cover price is like 3 pounds 11 for a um issue 1 and then a normal three ninety nine issue is like three pounds five here, and yet I still get them for two pound thirty.
0: Did your wallet recently take a hit because you had to pay the full price recently?
1: Nope, I haven't had to pay the full price like basically, I get my subscriptions through um one of the big u k retailers and uh they've charged me two pounds thirty for about the last nine or ten years so, so <laughs> yeah I think i'm kind of I'm kind of thankful for that to be honest with you. <laughs> Maybe but, uh, they just
0: grandfathered you in. They're like, oh, he's been with us for like 10 years. We're just going to keep sending it through that this price. <laughs> That's what you get for being a good customer, Adam.
1: Wow, yeah. I mean, uh, they've sent me posters in the past. They sent me like the Fantastic Four poster. They've sent me like cool little um, uh, like stickers and stuff. And they just like tuck them in the, in the books. They're really good.
2: That's awesome. Nice. Well, speaking of comics as an expensive hobby. Eternals is going to have a new series by Kieran Gillen and art by Esad Ribic. Oh, that's going to be good.
1: Which sounds amazing.
2: Which sounds amazing, and of course we'll be getting it. But it also has thirty-seven variant covers for issue number one. Ouch. Thirty-seven.
1: Thirty-seven is a hell of a lot. <laughs> I mean, this is this is just Marvel, guys. I mean, <laughs>
0: right? I mean, it's just I what mean, they
1: do.
0: I love Karen Kieran Gillen, M. but. But not enough for 37 variant covers. I mean, even as much as I love Jessica Drew for Spider-Woman, I did not get all 30 of her. I got close, but I did not get all 30 of her covers either. So.
1: I mean, it's great that they do these variant covers. Don't get me wrong. But for me, it just sounds like a way of inflating the numbers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Probably, especially when you get the the incentive variants, like the one in 500s and the one in, in 100s and things like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. just it's just nuts but
0: it is it's gonna be good though because gillen i i I am just so happy they got kieran gillen back at marvel because i just love his writing
2: oh the wicked and the divine is fantastic yes it is it is so good
1: yeah i still need to carry on reading that one because i got up to about volume four and then i didn't read any further so i think a uh, continuation i think continuation on that is is in in need for me
0: and in human news We've got uh, 20 episodes of Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur have been ordered. That was exciting to hear this week.
1: Yeah, but yeah, we have no no kind of trailers or content or anything.
2: No, no concept art, nothing.
0: Well, no, we have the one concept art. But we have the one picture. And we know she's been aged up to 13. And that's about all we
2: have. But that's all we have had for, what, two years?
0: Yeah, that's it. And and honestly, the twenty episodes being ordered like that that was buried deep within an article that just was about Lawrence Fishburne and it was like an offhanded comment that we found which
1: is which which is probably probably means that he shouldn't have actually talked about it to be honest <laughs> so <laughs> so i'd assume that there's gonna be more news coming in the future i mean obviously there will be but it's it's positive news it's positive for us uh, in humans right fans. and it
0: sounds like it's for the disney channel not like disney plus yeah
2: so yeah it's, a, it's cool. a we'll get it a bigger audience yeah, yeah again
1: i think it's probably for the best so if, if we want more um, anyway because we might get like 20 episodes next year 20 episodes the year after but I imagine a lot of it has been delayed due to COVID, which, you know, oh, yeah.
0: sucks. Everything's been delayed thanks to COVID.
2: I just want to know who's been cast as Moon Girl. Because I know yeah. I have my pick. Who
1: is who is your pick?
2: Marci Martin, who plays Diane on Blackish. Yep. That's exactly She's who I perfect. had picked. Yes, She's she already is. her. Yes. <laughs> 110%.
0: I wouldn't... Yes. 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 Yes.
2: She would be so good. And she already knows Lawrence Fishburne from the show. It's perfect.
1: It's been it. it I think that the next thing we can talk about is it's been DC Fandom this weekend.
2: They just dropped all the trailers
1: at once. <laughs> all of the trailers. Yeah. Now, now the thing that I really enjoyed about this was the Suicide Squad trailer, and I've never been excited particularly for anything DC ever, and the Suicide Squad just just I'm, I'm in on that. I'm. I'm I'm going to go and watch that.
2: It looks awesome. And it looks like he's doing it right because we've got a very large cast that you know is going to get pared down real quick. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) They're not all
2: making it to the end.
1: I think my favorite has to be Peter Capaldi in there as the thinker. That is
2: perfect casting. But (laughs) I think my favorite is Sean Gunn as Weasel. (laughs) He is so gross. <laughs> he is horrifying.
1: So, um, so the suggestion is he he may well get killed off fairly quickly as well.
0: Um, can <laughs> we can we talk about how Harley Quinn actually has clothes on?
2: Actually, dressed from head to toe, pants, it, a jacket, and still looks awesome. Exactly, and actually
1: probably closer to. The kind of like the comic book version that I at least I have in my head when I think Mm -hmm. about Harley Quinn you know rather than whatever that was in the first Suicide Squad movie
2: this is going to go down as one of those sequels that surpasses the original movie it it might actually be the sequel that is the most (laughs) improved over the original movie now that they had the little making of you know little little teaser and everybody seemed pretty happy in that one good and excited about the movie
1: and and the funny thing is is that um they changed Idris Elba cuz he was meant to come in the well the rumors were at least that he was meant to come in and replace uh, Will Smith as uh, was it Deadshot and now he's um he's coming in and playing Bloodsport which is which is again is quite good is is good casting i think Idris Elba is just such a brilliant actor you know, he deserves all of the roles, even if we do slightly miss him as, uh, as Heimdall.
2: But can we talk about King Shark?
1: Because <laughs> he is adorable. <laughs> and who's going to voice him? It's
2: a mystery, although Taika Waititi is it, shown in the credits at the end of the trailer.
1: But you have a it... you have a bit of a theory about him, don't you?
2: Well, I would rather he was the voice of the villain Starro. Because you know he's already been Korg. He's already been a big, great character with a you know <laughs> a wacky voice. I I would rather see him as the villain this time.
1: So for for people who uh, may not be into DC quite as much as uh, as other people, um, <laughs> who is who is Starro?
2: Well, Starro is a mind-controlling alien starfish. <laughs> and yep. he's the first villain that the Justice League ever fought.
1: <laughs> and James Gunn is using an alien starfish, starfish. as the villain to his movie.
2: <laughs> it's just yes. so on
1: brand. So on brand.
2: Comics, guys. Comics. Oh, dear. Did I mention he's a giant alien starfish? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. It's it's going to be awesome.
1: Absolutely, I mean, I I can't. I this is probably the first DC movie I've genuinely been really excited to see. Just because of the cast, the lineup is so extensive, and it's like it's just brilliant. I
0: think I think it's safe to say that that James Gunn is going to go full tilt into ridiculousness, which is perfect because that's kind of. What I was hoping for?
2: Speaking of ridiculous, Nathan Fillion as whatever TDK stands for, but he's really, obviously, arm fall off boy.
1: <laughs> yeah, because because in, in the logo, it's literally got his arms detached. Yes. And again, this was one of those characters <laughs> I had no idea about until I saw this trailer. And I saw someone describe him as, as arm fall off boy or whatever it is. And I'm just like...
0: I just picture an arm going like flying across the screen or something. That I don't is know.
1: literally yes, that is literally that is literally his power. And I'm just like, is James Gunn just been huffing the glue for the last year or so trying to make this movie? Yeah. <laughs> because it is just so, <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> it's brilliant, but it's so ridiculous.
2: It's it's the good kind of ridiculous. Definitely. Oh, uh, and let's see the Latest Wonder Woman in '84 trailer dropped. Um, That's good. Which is good. I my only complaint was I, I need a better look at cheetah. If you're going to go that hairy and animal like, they needed to change her face more like in the comics, where she looks more like a cheetah, not just have Kristen Wiig's face.
1: <laughs> is it is it a bit like the movie Cats?
2: It's. But at least with the it would have been actually better if it was more like cats cuz the the <laughs> cats aren't as hairy as cheetah is. It it, it the, the face doesn't match the rest of her. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe they're not done yet cuz it went by real fast and people were taking you know pausing and taking screenshots. Yeah. I need to see her in good lighting.
1: I mean I I'd kind of hope that that she was done because that movie was meant to come out in August, was it? Yeah. So, because
2: I like the way hmm. she moves,
1: she moves great.
2: It just look. I need a better look at her. Better look,
1: yeah, yeah. Before
2: I make my final decision,
1: I think one of the one of the big my one of my uh favorite things to come out of DC Fandom was uh, the Batman trailer. That looks awesome. It looks so good. They've basically just taken Riddler and done like Zodiac Killer on Riddler, and yes. Paul Dano is playing the Riddler. That is brilliant casting. <laughs>
2: It's going to be more of a like Batman as a detective. Is what I get from this trailer.
1: And it also looks kind of like he's just, you know, he's just going to go for it. I mean, in the trailer, he literally just smacks someone until his face looks like it's probably gone to mush. So, <laughs> I I'm incredibly excited for that. I think I think Robert Pattinson is actually going to be one of my favorite versions of Batman.
0: As my uh as my, my good friend Miriam said, she goes, I didn't realise I needed Robert Pattinson as Batman until last night.
1: It was just it was just the vengeance line, the one at the end. That's like yeah. basically what settled it. I was like, Yep, he's here, he's he's Batman now. And it's a good suit. I like the suit. And also the Batmobile was really good as well. Yeah. I really I really like the Batmobile. And again, the cast is great. I think um I'm I'm really excited for this one. And it comes out next year, so so it's gonna be brilliant.
2: And well, the Snyder cut. I've I've only got one thing to say about the trailer. Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen needs to be banned.
1: <laughs> yes, it
2: does.
0: <laughs> yes. Be- because
2: it is so,
1: so overused.
0: And how many yeah. movies has it, it been used then? <laughs>
1: Or or just give us a selection.
2: <laughs> uh, here's a selection. Uh, it was in Watchmen, Shrek, uh, The West Wing, Scrubs, The O.C., E.R., Lord of War. Everyone feels the need to do a cover of it. So it was at the played at the 2010 Winter Olympics, the Hope for Haiti concert, and a whole bunch of weddings, which makes no sense to me. This is not a romantic song for a wedding.
1: And and you you read the lyrics and it's like nope that's ugh. that's not romantic Mm-mm. it's not positive it's it's just you know it's very very it's a very dark song
2: yes it's like people who play every move you make at weddings what it's <laughs> not And, stalker e- and at all. even Sting doesn't get it he's <laughs> like are you listening
1: oh it just reminds me of the Sting um, video I I watched the other day of him watching someone do a cover of his songs. <laughs> I was just there like am I supposed to am I supposed to enjoy this <laughs> uh but honestly i mean oh, wow. the, 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 i'm i'm kind of I'm kind of completely on the fence about the snyder cut i i it exists great um I think they're releasing it in four hourly uh like episodes, which is kind of kind of an interesting take, but what I can say is anybody that says that the the director's cut being four hours long is a mistake. Please go and sit through all of the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> yeah, my One God, after how the long other. Long
2: is it? I want to director's
0: cut. It's like ten uh, hours.
1: I th- I think I think collectively on the Lord of the Rings is yes, it's about ten to twelve hours. Because I remember doing it on New Year's Day twenty fourteen. And
0: uh I mean, I do like the director's cut of the second one better than the first one. But
1: I think I think director's cuts are great. I think it's gonna do hopefully it does good for that movie. Cause it was a pretty mediocre movie to begin with, you know, we'll wait and see. I mean, it's not going to, it's not going to be something I instantly go to watch. Cause I mean, we don't even get HBO max here in the UK. So it's, it's not like something I'm going to be waiting for release day on.
2: Yeah. Okay. The director's cut of Lord of the Rings is 11 and a half hours. Yep. But I'm a, I'm a Tolkien nerd, so I don't mind. Every bit of extra made me so happy.
1: But anyway, should we move on to comic books as we've uh, examined all the news that's come out recently?
0: All right. Let us start with Captain Marvel number 20. Writer Kelly Thompson. Pencils by Corey Smith. Inks by Adriano Di Benedetto. Color artist is Tamara Bonvillain. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Covers by Jorge Molina and Jeff DeCalle for the variant. And editors are Sarah Brunstad and Will Moss. I would just like to point out that L'Oreal is the best, which was probably pointed out in the previous episode that I wasn't here for because I spilled a smoothie in my car. L'Oreal is the best. I just need to point that out. I love her so much.
2: She is adorable. Yeah. I I think my my favorite was like the the two panel set where she's like, would this count as an emergency? (laughs) yeah yes yes,
1: it's an emergency
2: (laughs) yes that grin was like
1: yeah
0: (laughs) i love her and also the scene where she's watching the bachelor with chewy
2: oh my gosh (laughs) ashley number five (laughs) don't go with him with chad
0: Oh, shit. I love her so much. Um, I also love Jessica, but I love how Kelly uses Jessica to voice everyone else's opinions, her thought on L'Oreal's arms, and then her tentacle comment later in the book, like, what is it with dudes and tentacles? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I get it. Glad to see Marina and Kit back. Uh, they have not been seen since Kelly Sue DeConnick's Captain Marvel run. That mm-hmm. was very exciting. Um, but the most important little tidbit, I think, of this issue was that L'Oreal can hear the hammer and it's uh, I guess it's song and it looks like it's like hurting her because she's like definitely.
2: She, she's not happy to hear it.
1: Yeah, she, she's definitely not happy to hear it.
2: <laughs> but I kind of have a feeling she's I think we mentioned it last week, too. She's going to be the next accuser by the time this is over.
0: Yeah, she's got to be. And I'm wondering if the the other Cree in her is, is Ronan, which is why she hears it, maybe. Or also maybe the hammer's like, hey, this person is good and I want them to wield me. I don't know. But yeah, I, I agree with you guys. She's If she's not the next accuser by the end of all this, I'll be very surprised. Teddy is stressed and not happy that Carol split the hammer up.
1: Yeah, he's a little bit concerned about what she's done, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least.
0: Of course, is it Teddy or Imposter
2: Teddy? Who knows? <laughs> who
0: knows? I, I think in this case, it's definitely Teddy. But at least he was able to confirm uh, Carol's suspicions about Stroll, Um, who kudos to Kelly, because I didn't think that we'd be seeing that guy again uh, anytime soon since that Marvel team-up. Well, his up.
1: robots. His robots came back, too. <laughs> like, I saw this entry. Brilliant.
0: As much as I did not like Marvel team-up, um, I'm very happy that Carol brought this guy because he's a jerk, and you know, it was fun watching everyone beat the crap out of him.
1: I think, I think what I loved about that was the fact that I read that issue, and then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go back and read some, some classic Captain Marvel and, and the Marvel stuff. And literally, the first issue with Marvel just has him being attacked by a sentry, and it was just like, ah, there we go, We're digging all way back. It was really good, I love that.
0: And uh, I'm trying to figure out why the Kotati have kidnapped Kit. Are they going after Carol or are they going after L'Oreal or I'm assuming probably both, but it's definitely a trap.
2: Yeah, but, but I don't think it'd be a trap for L'Oreal because L'Oreal's never seen this child before except the <laughs> photograph on a refrigerator.
0: It's definitely a trap for Carol though, but at least like L'Oreal called her yeah. before charging in.
1: Yeah, I mean L'Oreal's yeah. just gonna like split him in half, so it will be fine,
0: <laughs> right? She's just gonna I, wreck. She them. she
1: she hasn't missed leg day this week.
0: Uh, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, and she never misses Arm Day ever.
1: <laughs> I think every day's Arm Day for her. Like leg Day <laughs> right? just every other week.
0: <laughs> right? She's got like freaking arms the size of a tree branch.
2: <laughs> so maybe that's why the hammer wants wants likes her so much because she's got those big arms. It's like, hey, <laughs> well, she could really swing me. me. Yes. <laughs>
0: Right? Gosh, she'd like, she'd do it in like a headwood cut, con- like, she'd just <laughs> like, be like T-ball. <laughs>
1: going back to talking about Tolkien, I mean, that's how golf was invented, right?
0: Right, <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so good. I just love this issue. It was so much fun. Um I'm going to give it four out of five, Lockjaw's.
1: Yeah, okay, I I can't wait for this to. Uh, I think there's one issue left of the uh, the Empire tie-in, or is it two?
0: Yeah, it's the one. It's got the coffin with the Krakoa flowers on it, which is
1: yes. interesting. Yeah. Now, now I keep I keep trying to make this out to be a bigger deal than it probably is, just because there's a load of Krakoa flowers on there. But I, I'm just wondering if it was uh, artistic license used by the by the the, the artist. I don't uh, think also, so
0: because uh, it... Carol's got. Some big ties to the X-Men.
2: Yeah. She's yeah. friends with a lot oh, of X-Men. If they're coming to the funeral, they're bringing their own flowers.
1: <laughs> yeah, this just, just put, put put in a grave and just an entire like Krakoa gate appears above it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think because Captain Marvel has got history with the X-Men, I think that's probably more likely. I think it was just me sort of thinking, well, there's, there's got to be more meaning to this. But equally, L'Oreal is very into her flowers, so...
0: Oh, there's that too. She likes her flowers.
1: But uh, but speaking of X-Men, uh, that's quite a nice segue into Empire X-Men 4, which says so written by Jonathan Hickman. Pencils were Jorge Molina and Lucas uh, Wernick. Incas were Adriano de Benedetto and Lucas Wernick. Colors are Nolan Woodward and Rach- Rachelle Rosenberg. And the letters are Clayton Cowles. And the design is by Tom Muller. This episode just gave us all the context we wanted, right? I mean, (laughs) basically, we got a load of backstory on the Scarlet Witch on the days after she raised the dead on Genosha. uh, And it turns out you're not supposed to bring millions of people back from the dead. And apparently you can't unring that bell. Surprise, surprise. Hmm. Uh, Go go tell that to
2: Charles. (laughs) 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 Exactly,
1: right? Exactly. (laughs) It was nice parallels there, I thought, because you kind of have... Scarlet Witch doing something you shouldn't do and Doctor Strange saying no you can't do that you shouldn't do that. But then there was a nice amusing montage of Strange and Wonder going around collecting the different ingredients to try and unring that bell which included getting an item from the lair of a creepy ass giant spider which wasn't distressing at all. So the origin of the weird staff is given. Last week I suggested it might be something to do with the Katati but it turns out it's not. It's part of the world tree and uh, the spell that they kind of performed to undo what scarlet witch did will last 30 days and dr strange notes that we can only hope that nobody appears on genosha in that time which is where we get q empire x-men <laughs> <laughs> and then 29 days later is when all this stuff happens um although i have made the comment of uh why why does that to do 29 days later they could have made the term used the term 28 days later and then they could have actually like put a couple more zombie references in there which would have been it's really good, because that's one of the f- nope. one of the few zombie movies I actually quite enjoy.
2: Zombies freak me yeah. out. I just think they're gross. Yeah, I, I can't. They're a, they're I, a, I said it before, but they're unsanitary, and I don't like them.
0: Nightmare fuel.
1: Also in this issue, Beast shows that he's still a fairly morally ambiguous character by stealing things from horticulture, <laughs> which in the grand scheme of things, I really don't care about. I don't really like horticulture that much. And then I don't know. I, I I think this issue is just a bit. It, it gave an awful lot of context, and then you, you kind of brought had their some... combine
0: tractors, the zombies <laughs> down.
1: That would have been that would have been even worse. <laughs> <laughs> just ended the issue by uh, Venom and uh, Conan saving the day. <laughs> but I think the the best part of this issue was the fact that Explodey Boy, you know, the really important muter from, mutant from earlier in this series. Um, who warned the Katari what they would deal with? He, he got his own few panels. Basically, he was brought back by the resurrection protocols, and he found his zombie self, which again isn't weird at all, right? Okay. <laughs> um, wow! Yeah, yeah. All I am going to say going to say about this is that I got more out of that little kind of to and throw between uh, Exploded Boy and his zombie counterpart. Than I have done out of anything else in this series, like that, that was is the true. It
2: was the best
1: part of this, and uh, yeah, I feel more attachment to that kid than I do this entire series. I'm sorry, but it was just it's just been so so disjointed. But luckily, luckily, the zombie exploding boy destroys the ugly katari monsters once and for all and saves the day. And this is where I think we've got a few things to say. <laughs>
2: Well, I want to first i want to I'm just gonna start with I didn't understand Wanda's reasoning at the beginning because they have a resurrection machine, and then Jordan D. White confirmed on Twitter this week that the mutants haven't told anybody they have a resurrection
1: machine yeah I,
2: I think it's gonna be hard to hide after a while,
1: yeah, it's, especially when someone like um when someone like Kitty who was killed and then, sorry, spoiler alert for Marauders, was brought back in the next issue. Um, and her death was very visible to where well, I mean, it wasn't very visible to anybody else, but what happens when you get a visible death to a mutant? And then you see them two weeks later, just like going to the shops or something. It's, it's a bit... Yeah, are
2: you it. like in quarantine for, you know, 50 years? <laughs> uh, you no, died you in get, public, uh... so you got to stay on the island. Or, right.
1: or they just do the typical Marvel disguise and just give them a, a cap and some sunglasses and they're fine.
2: Yeah, right. trench coat. <laughs> trench coat and fedora. Everything is cool. <laughs> completely I, I feel... unrecognizable. Right?
1: I, I, think, I think what really annoyed me about this issue was the fact that Scarlet Witch, in the past 15 years since House of M, <sighs> has had a huge amount of character development and they're just completely, completely ignored
0: i'm not a fan of wanda but i even say that she deserves better than what she got here this i think, issues, I think what
2: it seemed to be written for people who don't like wanda
0: i don't like <laughs> yes. wanda and i'm still mad that Wanda got like everyone wanted to hate on her i guess maybe that's changing but she was never a character i related to or cared too much about but i'm sitting here going that's kind of shitty dude
1: I think it's just... My problem with it is the fact that in House of M, she was manipulated into doing what she did. She was manipulated into getting rid of all the mutants. And she has atoned for those... um, You know, atoned for her sins, if for lack of a better phrase. And we've kind of moved on from that at this point. Um, But yet she's still demonized and victimized within the mutant books you know and and, and in the marvel universe in the mutant community because she's literally called the, the pretender so yeah i mean and, and don't get me started on how doctor strange has been written i mean lynn you pointed out
2: he's arrogant but he's not awful and he's kind of awful in this
1: he's he, he feels much more like he's trying to write a discount tony stark and just kind of getting it a bit wrong Doctor yes. Strange is arrogant, but he's not a dick. Yeah, but and then and then finally, this one Whew. might go on for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Let's talk about magic, shall we?
2: Yeah. Who...
1: So we've we've commented that Hickman doesn't seem to be able to write women particularly well, um, and and magic in this issue was pretty much apart from uh, Scarlet Witch was probably one of the only women to actually speak in this issue, and it wasn't good.
2: Um, it, the bit that got me was where she kind of starts putting the moves on Nightcrawler. And I've been reading X-Men comics. Isn't Magic gang? there, There is a version where she has a girlfriend in an alternate universe. But in this universe, for the 30 plus years I've been reading comics, she has never shown interest in anyone. In 616.
1: Yep.
0: Everyone ships her and Kitty though. Or Kitty and Rachel.
2: True, I, I do I and I personally I, I do ship Kitty and Rachel, but Ilyana has never shown interest in anyone. She's standoffish. That's part of her character. Even when she's Dark Child, I don't think she's I've ever seen her put the moves on anyone? Yeah.
1: Uh, I think I think that's just a clear misunderstanding and misrepresentation of her character. And that's what really disappoints me in this book, because it's like, you know, the, the book hasn't been particularly well written, well written all the way through. But this was just the the worst kind of bit.
2: Especially for it to be Nightcrawler, too, because he's always been the big brother character to Kitty and Eliana,
1: Hmm. Yeah. And that makes it even creepier.
2: And especially, just... too, since in Limbo, there was a version of him that was a pedophile. Oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. I and and I. The absolute worst. Absolute worst. And this and this is what I don't understand. This is why I just think that Magic has been clearly miswritten, misunderstood. You know, I, I think this is the biggest biggest misstep from the dawn of X titles, from the from its you know from its inception.
0: I'm wondering if they even wanted to tie in, and they were just made to. Well, my my problem
2: with that is that they had all these tie-ins but this is the one they kept when it really didn't have any impact on the main story and yet we lost things like storm ranger right
1: i i just i just feel like uh, and and lynn has made the point i think the last couple of weeks is that you've got a literal plant island and yet the katati didn't go for it I think as a series, this one has been quite a big disappointment for me because it, it really is the first big misstep of the the Dawn of X titles. Which I, I guess you know okay. you are going to have that misstep, and I, I feel like this one was kind of like something that w- shouldn't be taken too seriously. Um, so I am going to try and take it less seriously. But overall, not a good story. I, th- I, I I personally felt like with all the explanation in this issue, there was absolutely no point in the previous two. So, yeah. Has ever
0: been a one-shot?
1: I, I think the story in the middle could have been really reduced. I mean, I know that this was, I think, originally meant to be a five-issue series and obviously got squashed down to a four, but they could have easily squashed it down to a three-issue series. You know, everything that happened in two and three, a lot of it, there wasn't an awful lot of point to. Like, the reason why they got all the, the um the psychics in there, I'm not entirely sure why that was done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall... I think this one, we gave it a two out of five for the issue. I think overall for the story, I wouldn't give it much more than that in itself. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Let's pretend it never existed.
2: And we'll move on to Swordsman number one. Alex Pachnadel is the writer. Thomas Noshlik is the artist. hope I said that right. Marcio Menyes is the color artist. Lettering by Ariana Mayer. Cover by Rod Reese. And the editors are Darren Shan and Lauren Amaro. Well, in this one, it turns out the swordsman isn't possessed or anything like that. It's just that his feelings are hurt. Aww. Aww. Uh, the swordsman <laughs> is now the Lorax. <laughs> he speaks for the trees. That's oh, sick. this one was sad. Oh, boy.
1: Similar to previous issues of Empire, kind of a lot of deep cuts in this, in this issue as yep. well. Um, The priests of Palma came back.
2: They did. So did Alchemax, who are trying to harvest the Katati, and even though they get this super awesome cutting from Koi, that's not enough. It's not enough, even though they basically had the means to not rely on the mutants anymore with their human drugs. He basically gave them a way to make it themselves.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I kind of made this suggestion uh, talking to you guys previously. It's very similar to um, the Krakoa drug M, which is described in House of X issue 1, I want to say. Because basically the idea was it would remove all kind of like uh, mental, not mental, like brain impairing diseases and, and that kind of stuff. All,
2: all mental disease cured. But I guess the main takeaway... From this issue is That the real villain of Empire Is corporate greed <laughs> that this never would have happened If they hadn't irritated the swordsman Yep This was the catalyst That set everything off Alchemax cut down the grove Where the eldest Kotati used to live Those fuckers
1: I, I, th- I thought it was a good A uh, good kind of line to pull on Yep you know, and it was it was I I enjoyed it because it was kind of like you know it, it showed the relationship between swordsman and Coy as well, mm-hmm. and the fact that that Coy was the first person to come back and try and save his dad. Yeah, so that was quite that was quite good. Yeah,
2: just very very
0: Alchemax. You only had one job. <laughs> just take the tree and leave. Clipping and leave. But no, you had to be fuckers.
1: One of my favorite bits was uh, when Tony and Cap. Uh, talking about um, <laughs> the sword going missing from the Avengers Tower. Mm-hmm. Now by the by the kind of the coloration on Iron Man's armor, it's from sort of twenty twenty twelve, twenty thirteen Iron Man, because it's the black and gold armor. Mm-hmm. Which again is a nice little nice little throwback. But it's just the fact that he was like, this is a billion dollar security system. <laughs> and then he's like, Why didn't he take my armour? Yeah. <laughs> Surely that's the better so thing. O- so, I'm
2: so offended <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so offended but it's just so good uh it just it, like a...
2: oh, but i love oh cap kind of you know needling him oh well, you know you could leave the door open maybe they'll, they'll come and take something else
1: <laughs> that was really good i i did love that and i i i wonder when it happened because i kind of want to i want to work out some kind of timeline but
0: probably before secret wars
1: Oh, easily. Yeah, this was, um, I mean, Iron Man had his uh, black and gold armor, I think, at the end of 2012. So it was just after uh, ABX. And uh, he had that all the way through to, I, I, yeah, I think it's basically Secret Wars that he had it all the way through to. One of the wow. best armor sets, in my opinion. But Al- Alex, Alex Pacnadel has surprised me quite a lot because it's not a name I've um, heard of before, but hes he's a really good writer.
2: He is. I hope he gets more work for Marvel in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what else did he write that we really enjoyed?
0: I can't remember already. He wrote he another write... one of the one-shots. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it the Mantis one? Uh, was it the Celestial Messiah? Yes. I
1: believe so, yeah. Celestial Messiah. That because... was
0: really good.
1: And one of the, the other thing I've really enjoyed about this, uh, the, these Empire one-shots, is the fact that they're not actually... <laughs> talking about you know celestial messiah was not talking about koi. it was talking about mantis and then swordsman is talking about swordsman as you'd expect but it, it kind of they've not really totally focused on their uh specific titled you know heroes which i've kind of enjoyed because it's actually nice to see lots of other people featured and the swordsman is someone i've never really read at all before
0: yeah I can agree with all of that, and um, let's uh, get Alex Pacnadell a ongoing marvel. And
2: it was nice the little Don Quixote quote <laughs> at the end. And that spoiler alert for Don Quixote. Uh, this um, quote yes. from the. <laughs> a spoiler a- alert on a hundred-year-old yeah. or more. <laughs> Just in case, it's from the end where Don Quixote wakes up from a terrible sickness. And he's regained his sanity, and he realizes he needs you know, to stop going out on quests, and that it was all a delusion.
1: Sad. Yeah, sad. it's very sad. Um, and then, obviously, we got Empire. So, <laughs> <Sight>. <laughs> not sure, not sure it worked out that well. <laughs> ah. But excellent book. What are we rating this one?
2: Uh, we're giving this one a four point five out of five. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Empire in itself has not disappointed, and these these one shots have been really good as well. Um, and you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be wrapping up soon. I mean, it hardly Man, seems any one time. One more has issue, passed from really. One more issue, yeah, And then we've got a couple of books for the aftermath. So we've got like a mortal yep. She Hulk. Um, oh, I'm
0: I'm all over that one. I want to know what the hell happens there.
1: Yeah, that that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, we've got the other She Hulk. We've got the Fantastic Four aftermath. And we've also got the other Fantastic Four like mini series. It sounds like what's it
2: called? Um...
1: And Antithesis.
2: A- ant- antithesis yes. is coming. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: I cannot wait. Yes. Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm really looking forward to these. Uh, to the wrap up of this series. It's been one. I think it's been a bit. Um, for a lot of people, I've seen on is is very marmite. It's very you love it or you hate it, and I, I think that's largely <laughs> due to the fact it's very cosmic Marvel. But uh, you know, I've loved it. I think we've all loved it. Uh, yeah really i think kudos
0: to... to al ewing on his uh
2: first event yeah this yeah. is this is my favorite event i think since war of kings
1: wow that yeah. is high praise yeah that's uh yeah that's very high praise i mean
0: <laughs> yeah they, they made the right call putting ewing in charge of cosmic marvel
1: yeah i can't wait to see what he's doing next and the fact that he's also on the uh the x-men uh calls just kind of makes me wonder what's. Coming next because it suggests that uh, are X Men going cosmic, and if that's the case, then you know are we going down the route of like the Phalanx and that kind of stuff, which would be amazing.
2: Well, you know who's been strangely missing from this cosmic event, the Shi'ar. Yeah, where have they been? You you'd think that they'd be a little concerned about everybody teaming up.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: not a peep from them. Not a peep from the bird people. <laughs> I get it? Get it? I'm silly. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really want to see the the Shiar get involved somehow. Um, and they, they kind of, they kind of have to, because we've now got the X Men who are like almost entirely united, and the Shi'ar have been such a big Huge part, part of their, of their history. Th- yeah. And it's like, and then yet to be seen. And I think, uh, but I think they were alluded to back in, um, uh, back in House and Powers of of X. Uh, So, you know, hopefully they come sooner. Hopefully they get involved in Cosmic Marvel as well. I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's only a
0: matter matter of time for them, really. I think there's going to be some big thing with them that's going to blow the roof off of everything. So it's only a matter of time, I have a feeling.
1: Yeah. But uh yeah, so uh, Al Ewing, I'm I'm looking for really fun things coming from him soon. Uh, his Guardians of the
0: Galaxy has been fun.
1: Yes, it has, yeah. Obviously his Inhumans from uh 2018, I wanna say. Yeah, they were really Royals good as well. Good. Yeah, Royals and Judgment Day. That was great. But yeah, good stuff.
2: Excellent.
0: So uh reading recommendations. Do we have any?
1: Yes. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to mention that Maestro came out this week by, um, Peter David and, uh, German Peralta. Uh, who of is the sweetest the...
0: guy you will ever meet. And he also did your strike force. So just saying. Yep.
1: And Maestro basically explores the kind of the, the origin of Maestro, who, if anybody's unaware, he's kind of like an, an alternate future version of Hulk. Um, and uh, yeah, it's never been really explored before. And this is a really good one. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's after like a, a nuclear holocaust happens and Modok's in it. Old man Modok is in it. It's uh, it's very good. Highly recommend that one.
2: Excellent. Well, for me, I know before I had said I read Gideon the Ninth by Tamson Muir. And the second book of the trilogy is out, Hero of the Ninth. I just finished it last week. And it was spectacular. It surpassed the first book, which I didn't think was possible. I'm giving it my highest possible recommendation. I don't want to say too much about it, lest I ruin it for anyone. My, my only piece of advice, though, is you might want to write down the names.
0: Good to know. <laughs> because a of- there's a think- lot
2: of people, and they're all paired up, and they have some names that are hard to remember. And when you get to the second book, you're going to need to remember everybody's name. It's like Dune that way. There's a huge cast of characters. Good to know. And they've got a first name and a last name and sometimes a nickname, and they're all used interchangeably. Oh, Jesus. And I, I, it, it's, they've got some hard, hard names. And I know my husband's reading Harold right now, and I made him an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> you had to put it in a spreadsheet? <laughs> With who they are, what their title is, brief character description, and their status as of the last book.
0: And how often has he referenced a spreadsheet?
1: <laughs> it's it's open all the time whilst he's uh, reading it. It's, just... it's
2: his bookmark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. So, it's his bookmark.
1: So, <laughs> it's shit. a little quick it's a little quick reference guide. So you go down yeah. from the top and across from the side just to make sure that you're talking about the right person. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow but
2: it, in no way it takes away from the enjoyment of the book so you
0: now that you have said that you have the spreadsheet, people are probably going to come to you going, may I have the spreadsheet <laughs> <Does she> please
2: <laughs> uh, I can't keep these people straight <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should just put it up on a google docs with a link, just be like, here
1: readers For of Harry the Ninth <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's really good, and and that's the series that you said last week was kind of like. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, Warhammer uh, 40k,
2: it's a it's a lot, a lot a lot like Dune. It's got a sprinkle of Warhammer 40k in there. and mean, the, the whole thing is lesbian necromancers in space with swords. What? All right, I will have to purchase this, and then I will let you know if I pull an all nighter to read it or not. Well, you know. <laughs> that actually is a piece of advice for for harold once you get to about chapter 40 make sure it's not real late at night because you're going to want to read through all the way to the end good to know not like i'm speaking from experience or anything not at all
0: (laughs) not at all like you're talking i i have pulled an all-nighter to read a book in one go and i will do it again it's been a while but I will do it again. And it sounds like this might be one that I will do it with. So that just tells me that I just need to set aside a whole day to read the book. Yeah,
1: it's Excellent. funny. Cause Lynn has actually been awake for uh, 72 hours now.
0: <laughs> I understand the feeling well, but you know, there's, there's gotta be something to be said for binging a book all in one go. You get that really great book hangover and it's such a great feeling. Or maybe I'm just a masochist. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I used to do that with like uh, the the one that I distinctly remember doing it with is like the um, the last two Harry Potter books. I remember getting them on like a Friday or something whenever they were released. Yeah, and I did
0: that with the last reading three.
1: them. Yeah, basically all the way through to right uh, to to the end, and you know, I, I used but the problem was I used to get to the end thinking, well, I just read that in one go. I'm gonna have to go back and read it again. So, so I'd sit there just and just read it again over the next few weeks because I'm kind of one of those people where I like to read something and n- not take my time over it, but I like to just kind of take it all in, and uh, which is kind of why I'm I'm whenever I want to read an, a, a complete volume of comic books, I will read them in single issues and then go back and read them all as one go, because then there's lots of stuff that you missed first time round, and uh, I love that Yes. Artwork.
0: Yes, and I will, I will, I will absolutely like binge a book, and then I will go back and read select chapters and be like, "Wait a minute!" And yeah, it's so good.
1: Go love books.
0: <laughs> books are good for your brain. Read them.
1: But uh, have you got any suggestions, uh, Saren?
0: Um, no, because I've been obsessing over Spider Woman recently, and uh, <laughs> Carol's not the only one with undiscovered siblings, and that's all I'm just going to leave it at so uh yeah
1: so if you guys have any comments suggestions or uh, recommendations for us for stuff to read or review please do get in contact uh on twitter we are at Rising one and our email address is theshowatalanrising.com at um, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode so thank you for listening